Hi, I'm Neve Ennis, transformation coach and host of your Tough Love Energy podcast. I work with women just like you who want greater clarity on where they are going in life. Together, we restore your confidence, we rebuild better boundaries, and we reconnect you with who you are deep inside. Using mindset, spirituality, and pure practical advice, I guide you and I equip you with all that you're going to need to bring about change in your life. We get you to that place to believe, to see not only that change is possible, but that it is entirely possible for you. What you're changing doesn't matter. What matters most is that you give yourself permission to do just that. So without further ado, let's jump right into this week's episode of Tough Love Energy. So once again, a very warm welcome to this week's Tough Love Energy episode. So those of you that are regular listeners, and I know there are many, and I'm very grateful to each and every one of you, um, you are probably well used to there being a format to this podcast, that each week I pick a theme and I talk about it for the best part of 20 minutes and include a little bit of tough love energy, a little bit of guidance, and that's how it rolls. Now, this week, with your permission, I would ask you to indulge me just for the first few minutes of this podcast, because today or this morning, as I'm sitting here uh, recording this episode, is actually my birthday. Now, I say that not so that you'll all stand up and start cheering and uh, singing happy birthday to me in your heads, but please feel free to do so. I say it more so because I always believe that our birthdays are significant events in our own lives, not for, you know, for the recognition of other people or not for, you know, for other people to be able to remember or not remember. But for me, my birthday has always really, truly felt like the start of a new year. And of course, it absolutely represents another trip around the sun, as I'm prone to saying. Um, and I also, you know, recognize as I get older and with the experience that life has shown me, I am much more conscious of how aging is a privilege. And I say that with with the whole heart. But each year I use the occasion of my birthday to look back on the previous 12 months and to see what what I would deem as my successes, my failures, my disappointments and areas maybe that I, I'd like to see myself do better on and I'd like to see myself grow within. And this year is no different, but this year feels, as I'm sitting here this morning, full of gratitude, but it feels like the last 12 months have been probably the most interesting of them all in a, in a way that that really represents a balance between the highs and the lows, because my tendency always in the past was probably more to focus on the lows because there were always quite a, a certain amount of them. But this year really feels like that it has been different. It has been full of confusion, but also it's been the year where I really feel I've received the most clarity. There have been many disappointments in the last 12 months, but equally, I've had some of the biggest personal and professional successes that I've ever had in my life. I've had so many 
times when I have not been able to hold the tears back. So many times when I found myself, you know, crying from from the bottom of my heart, like that kind of, you know, not even just a big ugly cry, but a, a cry that was just that audio sound of aching, of heart aching. And then I've also had so many occasions where I couldn't contain the laughter and that belly aching laughter that you can have with friends and and with people that um that bring that part of you out. So it has been it has been a funny year, but the the feeling and the sentiment that I'm left with sitting here this morning is one of growth. It really feels like the last 12 months have just been constant expansion and constant development and constant learning. And I suppose at the risk of putting anybody off doing this work on yourself that that I advocate so strongly, that I believe we can all only benefit from, that every effort, every piece of change, every piece of transformation that I've gone through and the work that that has required, I have never once regretted it. I have never once looked back and wished that I was the person I was before I'd started this. This work is making me. This work is making me better. It's making me happier, but it's really making me. However, the more work I'm doing, the more I can see how much needs to be done. But the point is here that I'm seeing it now. I'm so much more aware of my negative thinking, of my inner critic, of my people-pleasing tendencies, of the my attachment to drama. Like I can see all these things in a way I couldn't before. And so that ability to observe and to see them is really giving me the tools I need to not just see them and observe them and identify them, but to do something about them. And so that journey, excuse the word, but that journey between when I identify that I'm having negative thoughts and the end of switching around into a more positive frame of mind or into actively doing something about it, that journey has been cut so much shorter. And that's the beauty of this work. It's not that it removes these areas, these things from your life. What it does is it equips you to manage them and handle them better. And I love that for myself. And I love it in the same way that I love helping others realize this too. And more often than not, and this I know is not unusual for people that work in the space that I'm working in, but the areas that I am concentrating on for myself will inevitably, inevitably provide a steady and a base forum for the work that other people need me to do with them. And so that's one of the the joys that, that I have about doing this work is that I know that then with my own clients, with my own one to one clients, that I will have the opportunity to be able to help them based on my experience. And so that is my thought for today on this, my birthday, that actually the last year, I'm not saying it has been like all daisies, sunshine and flowers, but I am saying it has been such a transformative year for me. And I I finished it up last night when I was journaling before I went to sleep, thinking that actually 
I couldn't have asked for a better year, that the year I've had represents life. It has the dark and the light, the shade and the bright. It has the sun and the moon. It has the night and day, confusion and clarity, disappointment and success, like, you know, tears and laughter. All those things are part of living. And all we can ask for is the chance to keep living and the chance to to keep trying to better ourselves, improve ourselves so that we can feel happiest in where we are. And on that note, I just want to say to you that if you're struggling, as we all do from time to time, if you're struggling, if you're um, feeling a little bit pulled down, I'm not going to patronize you and say this too will pass, although it will. What I do want to say is just know that that any of the downtimes we have, any of the sadnesses we have, they're there to show us, to spotlight, to highlight when the good times come when the better times come. And if you do this work, and by this work, I mean, whatever that means to you, you know, if you journal for five minutes a day, if you get out into nature and and talk to whoever it is you talk to, whether it's energy, source, God, the universe, whoever it is, you know, if you talk to them while you're out in nature, if you move with the intention of trying to be better and to do better, if you do the work to try and get yourself unstuck, if you do the work to try and and ensure that you're in the best place you can possibly be and that you're serving yourself well, which of course will in turn help you serve others. If you're doing that, that's enough. You're doing your best. We're all only doing our best and let go of the need for perfection. Let go of the need to always be the brightest, the funniest, the smartest, the most cute, the wittiest. Let go of all of that. Just be yourself. Just honestly tune in, listen to what you want, what you need and give yourself that. That is what I would wish for you on today, my birthday. Now, the second part of this podcast is going to be about talking about a subject actually that I just hit on there in in the first few minutes. And it's about prayer. It's about, you know, asking the question, why is it that we are so embarrassed to say that we pray? Why are so many of us reluctant to tell people that we pray? Why do we prefer to keep to ourselves our own personal belief that there is something bigger, something we can't explain, and that it might just be guiding us and helping us in life? When I try to answer this question, I can't help but look to the appropriately large amount of negative press that religious institutions have received in recent years. Their abhorrent treatment to people who really trusted them implicitly trusted them, has, as a consequence, done untold damage to the reputation of these institutions and have caused so many to retreat from any involvement with them on any level. Now, all of that is perfectly understandable. And I say that not to add a but afterwards, but it's to say that that's why I think that so many of us are reluctant to talk about the fact that we pray and how we need to pray. And my faith has 
always meant so much to me. Even even I think as like a very small girl, and I know a lot of this was so connected to my dad and, and it was almost like a bonding exercise for me and dad to go to mass together and me and dad to pray together. And so like, you know, I recognize that that's probably where it started, but it was always a big part of who I was. And so for me, when I was faced with all that upheaval in recent years, I just didn't know where, where it fit in or even where I belonged anymore. I really struggled with that. For years, I struggled. I I just wasn't sure how I was going to be able to reconcile my need for that connection that you have when, when you're, you know, in full flow with your faith. That feels like pure connection. And I didn't know how, as I say, how I was going to reconcile my need for that connection with something bigger than myself, with everything that was happening and had happened to the institution. And so as well as the sins of those institutions, many people also associate prayer with it being forced on them by their parents or their caregivers to go to mass or to a religious service, you know, to to mindlessly ream off words that others had written that you just didn't understand that sometimes didn't even make sense. And which also marked the start of, for many of us, a very unhealthy relationship between us and our belief and understanding of prayer. Yet when you think about it, it's really not all that long ago that meditation was considered to be very new agey and and, and mostly it was considered that it was mostly for hippy dippies. Today, it is an accepted and a medically proven practice that we can all benefit from. Deepak Chopra um, I, I read this quote from him a couple of, of weeks back and I just found I found that for me it really resonated and he talked about you know when he was referring to the importance of prayer and the importance of meditation and he used this quote that prayer is for asking the questions and meditation is for listening to the answers and I love that I thought very simply put but it's true prayer is for asking the questions and meditation is listening for the answers and actually it's not just enough to pray as in to ask we also need to pray and listen and my childhood as I said there earlier you know my my connection with faith I I really strongly link to to my deep love for my dad. But my my childhood was filled with the most gorgeous memories of being inspired by him to create a May altar. And we are, well, at this time of recording, we're in the middle of May and I'm sitting here looking at my own May altar with our statue of Our Lady. I have pink roses. I have butter slips. I have butter cups. I have bluebells. Um, and, you know, those flowers to me just represent everything that there is about everything that's good about the May altar. And, you know, the devotion that my dad had to Our Lady, he has passed on and it's something that we shared together. And so I've never missed a year, even since he died, I've never missed a year of doing my own May altar. And it was, I think, what what actually initially got me thinking about why we hide this important part of us. Being religious and being spiritual are two very different things. And just know that you don't need to be religious to pray. When I realized myself that my faith didn't require an institution when I really let that sink in. And by saying that, I mean, when I accepted that I could engage my spirituality without having to activate that religious feeling, that religious rhythm, that religious practice. 
And it was only then that I really started to feel a little bit more liberated about it. And I began to observe that in my developing a stronger and more connected relationship with something much bigger than me, it gave me the permission I needed to cement a better relationship with myself. I've very clear and vivid memories of me as a child sitting in my bed, saying my prayers each night. And they weren't the traditional Hail Marys or Our Fathers. But even as a young girl, I engaged in long, lively conversations with whoever it was that I believed was listening. I'd start the prayers with these very, you know, these very words. Hello to whoever's listening. And I think in my innocence and my naivety, I imagined it to be like a call or like a call center and that somebody different could answer the phone every time. So somebody different could be listening to me every time. And I'd always give them the backstory to my prayer, what exactly it was I wanted and lots of detail about how I believed that they could help. And I always, always believed that they had limitless potential and that nothing was beyond them. So I never held back when it came to my prayers. And looking back now, I can see that I was much better able to ask this stranger for help than I ever was or ever am to ask anyone in my own life. And that's the thing about prayer. When we pray, we simply hand over the desired outcome to something bigger than ourselves. We never feel like we're dumping on someone. We never feel we're burdening someone. We just don't. We Because in a sense, I suppose I felt and, and probably still feel that that's their job. That's what they're here to help me with. I never shied away from asking, no matter how weak or how helpless it made me look. And this probably was the first real example of the benefits I had of being vulnerable. I just didn't recognize that at the time. I was able to pray because I always felt heard. And not because every prayer was answered, but because every prayer always felt listened to. That's the thing about prayer. And we must accept that just because a prayer doesn't get answered immediately, it doesn't mean that we didn't ask properly. The faith piece, the faith, faith means that we must learn how to trust and to trust the timing and to trust the outcome and to trust that if we don't get something that it was it's in our best interest or that maybe something better is on its way. And I know that bit isn't easy because if we pray for something, it's because we want it and we want it now. So that definitely tests us when we're asked to accept that the outcome we get may not be the one we want, but it's always the one we need. Prayer is the conversation that you have with with whoever, whatever you believe in. And as I said, that can be God, spirit, energy, source, light, nature, mother earth, angels, spirit guides, or even trees. You can pray to any or all of these. When I went through my own close experiences with grief, unsurprisingly, there were a lot of conversations between me and my maker as to why the hell did this happen to me? And then followed by... Why the hell has this happened to me again? I couldn't honestly get my head around the fact that not only had I been dealt one blow in my life, but that they just kept coming one after another. I honestly don't think truthfully that I that the feeling I had at the time was that my faith was being tested. I, I don't think I thought like that. But our conversations definitely got much more intense and a lot more colourful. I wasn't one bit happy about all that had happened to me. And that became my prayer. The chances are that everybody reading this already prays. You probably pray quite regularly and 
quite often. You just maybe don't call it prayer. You don't recognize it as prayer, but that's what it is. There are three types of prayer that they talk about. Gratitude, praise, and the most common one, which we'll all be able to identify with, and that's request, when we need help and we ask for something in return. So if you're struggling with your own beliefs right now, just reframe your thinking that religion and spirituality are the same or that your prayer needs to be formulaic. Don't overthink it. Prayer is simply a conversation you have with that energy or with a source that you believe is guiding you and minding you. We were never supposed to do this business of life alone. Prayer is just another way of ensuring that you get that little bit of extra help that you need along the way. And so on today, my birthday, I want to share my most favorite prayer with you. May you be safe. May you be well. May you find peace and may you feel loved. Every time I say that prayer, whether I say it about myself and I would often alter the words to may I be safe, may I be well, I feel emotional because that prayer touches something in me. Because maybe those are the four things that we all deserve most to feel safe, to feel well, to feel healthy, to find peace and to feel loved. And so I wish that for every single person listening to today's podcast. Take care, mind yourself, and we'll chat soon. So thank you so much for joining me for today's Tough Love Energy podcast. I really hope that you found it useful. I would absolutely love to know and to hear what your takeaways were from this episode and all the other episodes as well. So come and find me on Instagram. My handle there is at one Neve Ennis or on neveennis.com. Let me know how it's helping you get tougher with yourself on going after what you want, what you desire, what you need. And also let me know how it's helping you be gentler when you get there. I'd also love if you went over and subscribed to the show on your favorite podcast platform, not from an ego perspective, I promise you. But if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you could leave me a five-star review, what this means is that more people will get to hear it. So I'll be able to get this podcast and all my other podcasts in front of the people who really need to hear it. Also, just to let you know that I've developed a quiz just for you that's going to help you identify which kind of people-pleasing type you are. Now, knowing this or having this information is really useful. I believe that understanding our people-pleasing tendencies is at the core to helping us remove some of the things that are blocking us or getting in our way. So once you know what your people-pleasing type is, it's very helpful because it teaches you how to get past it, how to manage it. And I'll also be giving you some tools and guidance and mantras and affirmations to do just that. So I'll put the link in the show notes below here, but you'll also find it on nevenis.com forward slash quiz. Thank you and speak to you soon.